Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Yesterday I was sharing from John chapter 5, the story of the heating of the pool. In fact, I'm going to read it real fast for you today just because I want you to hear it again because I want to continue that message. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been in invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get healed? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am stirring, when I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once a man was cured, picked up his mat, and walked. And that's that nine verses in a very fast reading because I didn't want to read it, but I wanted you to get it in case you didn't hear yesterday. But I've talked about choices we make and, and ideas, and I talked about how you know this man had to make a choice to get up and walk and, and respond to God. Well, there's another thing I want to talk about today. I want to kick off with this today. It's this, the thing about blaming God. The man had to stop blaming others. The man had to stop blaming others for not being able to be healed. He said, I can't get in. Nobody will help me. He was full of excuses like many people are today. Pray with me. Our Heavenly Father, open our hearts, open our minds to your truth, that the Word of God would set us free, that we would be on track to serve you with every ounce of energy we have, and that we would always make the right choice to stand up for you. And Lord, I thank you for the listeners today. Lord, I don't know what's on their heart. I don't know what's on their mind, but you do. Touch their lives mightily, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, folks, blaming others seems to be a habit of very many people. When things go sour in our lives, we blame others for it. And we play the if-only game. I call it the if-only game. If only I had been there at the right time, that would not have happened to me. If only I would have told the interviewer something else in my interview, then I probably would have got the job. If only, if only this, if only that. You know, and I talked yesterday about saying I can't instead of I won't. So many people say I can't and they don't try to do things. I have a, my best friend has a, has a, he used to have a yacht and he, he named it Can't Shoulda. My best friend is very successful in life. And, uh, and he always said, you know, anytime you said you can't should have done something, you can do it. And so he named his boat Can't Should Have to remind you that, you know, you can't should have done something. If only I would have eaten, not eaten those 10 pieces, I wouldn't look like I do today. You might hear from somebody that's heavy. It's time, It's easy to blame others for our problem. Well, Pastor Tom didn't give me all the solution to my problems when I came to his office. Oh, the church just isn't there for me. It's, it's just not everything I need. Well, you know, when God asked Adam why he disobeyed, Adam explained, the woman you gave me persuaded me to eat. <laughs> Blaming the woman. How do you like that? Some of you later said, yes, that's the way those guys are. They blame the ladies. Well, we sometimes end up blaming people and and then when Moses asked his brother Aaron why he permitted the Israelites to worship the golden calf, Aaron said, well, the people pressured me to do it. And so, you know, I had to go along. You didn't have to go along. You can stand up on principle. You can stand up and be accounted for. We're afraid to stand up. We're afraid of peer pressure. 
We get taken back by those kind of things. When Pilate was forced to make a decision about Jesus, he said, I wash my hands of this matter. Do with him as you please. I'm innocent of this man's blood. Okay, Pilate, you big chicken, you just, you're the one. It was your fault. And here you are blaming everybody else. You could have made the decision. You could have made the decision to save Jesus. Of course, you didn't. Of course, he was fulfilling prophecy. Of course, at that time, he didn't know he was fulfilling prophecy, but we do. But we will all give an account for our lives. And guess what? Blaming others won't cut it. When you stand before Almighty God, and he says, what did you do with my son Jesus? Well, I didn't do much because I was too busy. Lord, I was too tied up to spend time with you. I had my job. I had my family. I just couldn't uh, I just couldn't break free enough to come to church. I couldn't break free enough to open my Bible. I was just too busy, too busy to be faithful to the things of God, too proud to ask for prayer, too selfish to give to those who so needed help. You know, we are so caught up in our world that we don't grasp a hold of the greatest gift that's offered to us, and that is salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans chapter 14, verse 12, the Apostle Paul says, So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Each of us. You're going to stand before Almighty God someday. How are you going to respond? Are you going to respond and stand there saying, Lord, I served you, I walked with you. And of course he knows. He'll say, yes, you did. Enter the kingdom of heaven. Are you going to say, are you going to have a basket full of excuses? Why you didn't do this, why you didn't do that. I don't know why so many people play with their eternity. They take the dice of life and they roll it and hoping it comes up cat eyes so that they can make it. Folks, do not mess with eternity. Do not mess with doctrines that try to mess you up with eternity. You believe in Jesus Christ. You believe he's a son of God, and if you believe he's a son of God, live like you believe he's a son of God. He who practices righteousness is righteous. He who practices sin is not of God. Make those decisions. God wants us to be right with him. And I hope and pray that you will make that decision today. And if today, if you're thinking, Pastor, I don't know where I'm at, wherever you're at, stop and say, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, be near to me. Forgive me of my sins. Walk with me from this day forward. And Lord, when I start to slip, lift me back up. Lord, when I start making some poor decisions, change my ways. Lord, help me to make a U-turn. You know, he will. He's there. Let's be accountable for our lives because someday we're going to face him face to face. We want to face him with joy, knowing that it's not even an issue that we're going to be in heaven. I've told you many times how my mother, when she found out she had cancer and she had less than six weeks to live, that, that she was the happiest that I have ever seen her for six weeks of her life. She could not wait to see Jesus. She was so excited. She put up everybody, even in the nursing home, said, we've never seen anybody so excited to meet Jesus as your mother. We've never seen anybody face death with such a positive attitude. Why? Because my mother knew who she believed in. She knew 
that eternity that Jesus was waiting for. There wasn't any doubt in her lives. Are you ready? And what will your answer be? Folks, it could be a beautiful day. It could be a beautiful day that day when you pass over Jordan that you will see Jesus face to face and what a glorious time it's going to be. And you'll live in eternity forever in the joy of the Lord. We don't even understand or grasp the greatness of heaven and what God has has in store for all those who believe in his name. And folks, I hope today that you believe in his name. Simply call upon him. He knows you're not perfect. He knows that you have struggles. He knows that I have struggles. He knows sometimes my attitude isn't the best over situations. But he loves me, and he certainly knows my heart. And he knows your heart, too. I think you know effort is the key in much of what we do. Unfortunately, when I was in early grades of school, some of the grades I got on my port card, they gave you S and S minus and S plus. S plus is great. You had a great effort. S, you had kind of an average effort. S minus, you needed help with your effort. I got a lot of S minuses when I was young, like kindergarten through third, fourth grade. And I just, I my mind was everywhere. I was there to have fun. I didn't make much effort in school at all, and so I paid for it. In fact, I spent two years in fourth grade. And it wasn't because I flunked. I, in fact, I, I had zero Fs that year, but I had a number of Ds. But my father and mother, we had transitioned from Portland, Oregon, moved here, and we were, and I was behind. And so dad kept me back. And the school district didn't want it, but dad kept me back. And I think some of it was he wanted me to be bigger for sports because I was young. I would have graduated at 17. So I still ended up graduating at 18 years old, but it wasn't until the fifth grade year that I really kicked in and I started doing well and I started making effort. And if they would give effort grades after that, I would have done well. But after that, they don't give you the effort grades. But I remember struggling early. But effort is a key into what much of what we do. Jesus asked the man at the pool of Bethesda, he said, pick up your mat and walk. He asked him to make an effort to be healed. And he did. His life was changed forever, and I imagine many lives were changed when they eventually heard the story. Later on in John, in the passage in John, it says that man didn't know who had healed him until later. Jesus found him in the temple and told him, stop sinning or something worse would happen to you. Folks, that's probably a good thing for all of us. Stop sinning. You want good things to happen to you? You want your life to go well? You want to be on track with him? Stop sinning. And you know what I'm talking about. Some of you, when I say that, you have something that's coming to mind right now. Stop sinning. Make better choices. Well, then the men went and told, and told the Jews that it was Jesus who healed them because he didn't know earlier who it was. Well, let's not be afraid to ask God to intervene in our lives. I hope that you're not afraid to ask God to intervene. Listen to Luke chapter 11, verse 9 and 10. Jesus says, So I say to you, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, the door will be opened. People, are you willing to ask? Are you willing to knock? Are you willing to seek Jesus? He wants to touch your life today. The question is, will you let him? Will you let him? He wants to be the difference maker. I pray that you will let him today and you will call upon him. He is life-changing and he loves you. 
LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.